Like I said, we're going to talk some hoops. Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com, NBA insider. like to check in with him. We're past the first of the year. I'm kind of feeling uh, hoops right now. And you're looking at Donovan Mitchell, Luca, uh, what G did. Uh, Scoop, what's up all of a sudden with these record-setting nights? Well, what's happening? I think I... I think it's really well. First off, Happy New Year, man. Good talking to yeah, you. Yeah, back um, at you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think it's just the uh, the challenge. I think players are doing what they did, you know, a few years back, uh, where they see one player do something and they personally take it as a challenge, especially those that are in the conversation for MVPs. Um, so this back in the day when somebody would score fifty, then you watch somebody else score fifty. Like if. If AI drops 50, then Kobe's like, I got to drop 60. And then somebody like Stephon Marbury, you know, I got to do something too. And, you know, they they fed off of one another. I think we get to a point right now, especially coming into this season, where there was no clear-cut individual who we were going to hand the MVP at the beginning of the season and then say it was his to lose. I think the openness of who could – and who had the chance to win the MVP, just finally after a third of the season or a fourth of the season got put on display and people were like, okay, that's what you're going to do, then I'm going to have to do this to keep my name in the conversation. I'm raising the bar. And everybody's taking everybody's performance as a challenge. And that, that, that's why I think, you know, you're getting this. That's why when Devin Booker has a game, you know, Donovan Mitchell has a game, then Giannis has two games, and then – Tatum has three games, and then Joker has, you know, three games. And then LeBron says, hey, don't forget about me, you know. so, And then Kevin Durant puts the team on his back for a couple of wins. And I think they all really just are taking and watching each other and taking challenges. They're taking it personal, which is a beautiful thing. Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com, NBA insider, joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. Without positions, who are the five best in order in the NBA as we speak right now? Currently playing right now. Yes, based on this season, uh, not their career. I'm talking right now, top five players. um, Tatum, Luka, um, Joker, Giannis, and KD. You're not going to put Donovan in there? Mm, I'm I'm trying to see where. Look, I'm 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 leaving Joel and Bead out too. So I don't know if I can even just throw Donovan, even with the one performance ahead of Joel and Bead for what he's doing over over the course of the season. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of a reason to do that. I'm I'm really I'm really thinking. I hear what you're saying, but I'm really thinking of a reason of over the course of this season. If I feel. And I'm trying not to be caught up as a prisoner of the moment and what I just saw, you know, Donovan do. Because to me, as much as what Donovan did was can be attributed to him as much as it can be attributed to the team he was playing at the time. <laughs> and that's the Bulls. It went half and half as far as I was concerned. But really, over the course of the season, I don't, I don't think he's had thus far a better season than Tatum, Luka, Giannis, Joker, or KD. I really don't. And those do, names. Let me, let me ask right. you a question, Bill. Do you? Do you? No, I, I, I would say he had a seventy-one point game, so that kind of sticks out. That's why I brought him but that's up. One but game, yeah, that's like right. you know, like looking at Lucas' performance and like, okay, Lucas now in the front run. That one performance, 
even though it's a tight race, one performance doesn't put you as the top runner. It's the course of what you've done. Now, Luke has been balling throughout the whole season, even though his team hasn't, you know, they've been off and on. But Luke has been balling. And I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell hasn't. I'm just saying I, I can't see him over the course of the first, how many games are we into? Like 40? Yeah, 30, some teams like 37 to 41, basically, yeah, 40 for most teams, right? Yeah, I can't see say he's had over 40 games, a better better 40 games than those five players I mentioned. And you asked for five players. So. Well, no, no, and, I, and what I love about that, and nothing against LeBron or KD or Steph or even Clay, who, you know, had the 50-plus night, is that that's the change, you know, the guard. That's the NBA's next generation you just listed. Yeah. It is. Yeah, no. No doubt about it. And we can include, with, I mean, to me with Donovan, it's not just Donovan. It's what Cleveland's going to try to build with him as a centerpiece because Darius Garland and he, to me, are going to go hand in hand the same way Chauncey Phillips and Rip Hamilton did. They're going to be great individually, but together is where their powers are going to be. And I think they're going to wind up in, you know, in voting situations and conversations that we have through the media and you know, public sentiment are going to cancel each other out in situations where who's the best guard in the league or who's the best player in the league or who should be in MVP voting. I think they're going to build up that tandem, and we're going to look at them as a duo. All they have to do is find a way to have the, the, the monster games that they have and have them together. Once they start doing that, then we will not be talking about Donovan Mitchell individually because we'll be talking about Cleveland like as the front runner to win the East every year, as the front runner to possibly win the championships every year. And I'm pretty sure Donovan will not be mad at that conversation when it happens over the next couple of years, I think. Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com, one of the best NBA insiders in the business. And, you know, that next generation of stars, and then yeah. you almost you look at the standings, and it kind of reflects yeah. it when you see Denver uh, leading the West and Memphis in order, uh, in terms of record, New Orleans, Dallas, Sacramento, which is one yeah. of the better surprise stories so far this yeah. season. Now, the Clippers kind of bouncing back, uh, getting Kawhi again on the court. Portland, uh, Jeremy Grant's been an unbelievable pickup for Portland yeah. and Phoenix in the eighth spot right now with Golden State might be uh, disappointments. Uh, same thing with Utah, sub 500. So, and the Lakers, uh, you know, 17 and 21, it's almost like there's a senior division of the NBA now. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But if you really look at the top of the West, outside of Sacramento, everybody that's in the top six seeds, at least in the playoffs, without having to be a play-in, are where they're supposed to be. The Nuggets are supposed to be there. Based on last year, Memphis is supposed to be there. Zion coming back, and they're doing this without Brandon Eagle. New Orleans is in the conversation. Dallas is as they should be. You know, and the Clippers are there, and that's really with Paul George and Kawhi platooning, and especially Kawhi platooning throughout the whole season. So everybody's where they're supposed to be. I don't think we expected Phoenix to be on the outside looking in, but I think if we're being realistic, we we can't expect them with all this going on internally, not just with coming into the season with you know the Aton situation and the signing of him and the quote unquote rift or whatever. Uh, between he and uh, he, he and coach, um, but the Robert Sarver stuff, we can't ignite. We can't just really think that that's not having some type of impact on them. And I'm pretty sure it is. And Golden State, um, which is interesting to me, because we didn't expect them to be this bad. 
but you lose a part of what they lost, and you do have the championship hangover. But it's funny to me how everybody talks about Golden State never talks about the impact of losing Mike Brown has had on that team. And I think just as losing the players that they have lost and starting off the season having to function under that cloud of the Draymond, you know, pool situation, I think losing Mike Brown is a big part of the reason why Golden State has not had the season that they've had. It's been an adjustment. And so, you know, we're talking about the team that's up in the standings and in the playoff situation that's not supposed to be there at Sacramento, who's their coach? <laughs> Mike Brown. So, you know, there's a reason because of all of that. But other than that, if you really look at it, you know, the Western, yes, it is the new breed, but we should have seen it coming. Well, and guys are going to get everybody, older. Everybody, I mean. everybody that's there was making the same type of runs last year. And if, everybody, if you look back at everybody's predictions of who was going to make the playoffs in the Western Conference, Outside of Phoenix and Golden State, those teams were there. And you know what? When we're talking about Phoenix and Golden State, they're still only, I think, four and a half, five games yeah. out of first place. And I, I think the West is going to be cra- Actually, West and the East, because you look at the East with Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Cleveland, yeah. Philly, New yeah. York, Indiana, Miami, kind of as expected in the yeah. East. I am looking at the Pistons sitting on 11 wins and... I know the Cade Cunningham injury was big, but I don't know about Dwayne Casey if he's the guy to take them next level. I, a ton of young talent. I'm telling you, Duran and Ivy are going to be NBA All-Stars for years to come if they don't have injuries. So there's a nucleus there, obviously, but I'm just not sure uh, because I don't know if defense has been outlawed in Detroit when it comes to basketball. Right. I am checking Michigan law on that, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, they have, they have great talent. I'm like, hey, can you guys make me move side to side on the court? Yeah, offensive right. end and then maybe run back a little bit. Your thoughts uh, on the Pistons, and it's really not short-term. It's more long-term. Yeah, we had this conversation at the beginning of the season. We both felt that because of the youth movement that they had going on, that they actually had a chance to be what Cleveland was last year. Um, but we didn't see that, and I think a lot of that has to do with, one, it's, it's, it's defense, but it's, to me, points that they're allowing to have. Uh, and, and they're allowing teams to score. I, I, tell me if I'm wrong or right. There's only one other team in the NBA that's allowing more points per game than they are. Boom, it's San Antonio. Look at Scoop Jackson yeah, with the right. scoop. San Antonio, right, right. right. You know, and San Antonio is fighting and to get Victor, which they probably will land him. I can't see him not going to San Antonio. So at least they're 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 faking it with a purpose <laughs> to get a, to get the bigger picture in mind. Uh, so I understand that, but the, it's this the defense, but it's also the points they allow scoring because I think they're two different things. You can play defense and you know allow scoring at the same time, but you just make it difficult for teams to score at certain parts of the game. You know, teams can score 115 points on you, but if you're making stops, not stops throughout the game, but meaningful stops that can change the course of the game, then you are playing defense. The problem with Detroit, what I've seen, is that they're not doing either. (laughs) And if you're not doing either, then you really can't give up that many points. They're giving up as many points, I think, as the team that's averaging the most points in the game. And as a team, you can't – and I think Boston's averaging 100. I think Boston's averaging the same amount of points is scoring that Detroit is giving up. They just can't do that. That's why Casey. And you can't do that. Casey, they they need another coach. 
In my yeah, mind. But no, but here's the year. That, that's true. But we say, I'm going, I, I say that to say, I think that's a problem now. But I want to go back to what we said either earlier in this season, or I think it was last season we discussed this. And it was their shooting. Not their scoring, but their shooting. And if you look at the top four players, you're right. Cade and I think Jaden Ivey have all star written all over them. But you got the other two. You got Sadiq Bay and you got Killian Hayes, right? Those are your four core players that you're going to build an organization around. Those four are either shooting 40% or under 40%. At some point, that has to change. So, yes, defense is one thing. But your four core players cannot shoot an average of 40% and you expect to win. Somehow, whoever comes in there coaching has to teach them how to take better shots. We said this last year about them, and we thought that would change, and it really hasn't. So, to me, there's two problems. And maybe you can land them in one thing, and maybe there's somebody else besides the way case. You know, because you have to find somebody that teaches them not only how to systematically top, stop team, teams from scoring so much on them, but you also have also have to have your four core offensive players shooting at least forty five percent if you expect to compete. Scoop Jackson, uh, he is a man. ESPNChicago dot com. He knows everything about the NBA. He knows everybody. Man, it's good to catch up. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Just wanted to. Uh, look at the calendar, a uh, little hoops conversation today uh, after a crazy football season. You're a good man, Scoop. Oh, man, no problem. Happy New Year. Let's keep it going, man.